0: entscheidende Erfahrung meines Denkens. Und das heißt zugleich für die abendländische Philosophie, die Besinnung auf die Geschichte des abendländischen Denkens hat mir gezeigt, dass im bisherigen Denken eine Frage you heard Martin Heidegger, one of the most popular philosophers of our time. For him, philosophy means the western tradition and, as he indicates, the most important question of this tradition is the question of being. Philosophy Literary means love of wisdom, a definition that does not inform us in any way what wisdom actually is. To understand what Western philosophy is mainly about, we need to go back to the start. We need to go back to the ancient Greek world. Most philosophers will say that the history of Western philosophy starts with Socrates. But that might be because of our conception of what philosophy is namely the question of being, which brings us back to the beginning. For a fact, there were several thinkers before Socrates. These were mainly philosophers who thought about nature. A well-known story is this, that of Thales, who was so obsessed with thinking about the origin of the sky, that he looked up while walking and th- failed to see a well. His bitter fall was accompanied with the laugh- laughter of a young Trasymachian girl. The picture is clear. Philosophers are idiots who, with their obsessive thinking, fail to see what is right in front of them. This might be true, but it might also be that they are very curious about the nature of knowledge. Maybe they see that the value of philosophy lies in asking questions. Asking questions without demanding a response. Asking questions for the sake of asking questions. For Socrates, our wrongdoing is the result of our ignorance, the individuals who therefore thoroughly assess his convictions. And a very effective strategy to make people aware of their wrong convictions is by asking questions. And the Socratic method consisted of fierce discussions of the nature of knowledge and the way we come to knowledge through perception and sensation. The role of the one who is asking questions, Socrates in this case, is not a moral educator who tells you what to believe or to do, but a midwife who simply helps a person to become aware of something that was already inside of him. We already see here some similarities between Confucius and Socrates. Both saw themselves not as creators, but as transmitters. Yet the fundamental difference is that Socrates aimed at question, questioning the beliefs of a person to acquire a sense of what true knowledge looks like. While Confucius, who was a very practical philosopher, used the tradition of the Zhou dynasty to morally cultivate people, so that society at large would be harmonious. When we look at Socrates' thinking, we must keep in mind that Socrates, just like Confucius, never wrote down anything. We hear Socrates teaching through the lens of his disciple Plato. Alfred Whitehead once said that everything is just a footnote to Plato. And although this vastly neglects all the different voices that have appeared in Western philosophy, there is some truth to it. Western philosophy is built on and is the result of Greek or Platonic thinking. So let's turn to the Socr- Socratic dialogue, just to give you a sense of how the Socratic teachers differ from that of Confucius. Remember, for Confucius, we need to cultivate our moral character, and cultivate our behavior, we need to cultivate ren, which is commonly translated as humaneness. Confucius lived in a period of intense turmoil, in which states were constantly fighting and people were confronted with famine. Chinese philosophy responded to this chaotic time by concentrating on government. Ethical behavior or moral cultivation is seen as an instrument to obtain harmony in the state. Confucius' situation is fundamentally different than the historical situation of Socrates. Socrates lived during Athens' greatest cultural expansion, when its democracy was firmly established and the polis was at its peak. It was the golden age of Athens. This actual age, or the birth of Western philosophy, is a very different situation than the actual age of Confucius. The circumstances of Confucius force him to think about moral cultivation, harmony and society as a whole. For Socrates, Athens was already a relatively safe and political stable place, which gave rise to a different philosophy. The first thing we notice when we are reading the Platonic Dialogues, which provide the most information on the ideas of Socrates, is that Socrates enters in the, into dialogues with any person that he encounters. For Socrates, there is just no distinction between the moral elite and, let's say, a slave. They're all equally, equally capable of discovering true knowledge. When we look, for example, at the Thea Thetis, we see that Socrates does not convey ideas to his interlocutors, but elicits their intellectual conceptions from them. Here we see once again one of the key themes of Western philosophy, the inquiry into the whatness of something, the inquiry of concepts. Already at the beginning of the Theatetus, we're seeing another key term of Western philosophy, that of true concepts. As Socrates says here, And the triumph of my art is in examining whether the thought which the mind of the young man is bringing to the birth is a false idol or a noble and true creation. The specific Socratic method is the assessment if something is a true creation. And to judge this, we need to ask questions and give reasonable arguments. Logic is therefore really important to Western philosophy. It's even a discipline within philosophy just as epistemology, which is the study of the nature, origin, and limits of human knowledge. When we inquire in the whatness of concepts, we see that a related question is the question of being. The whatness of a unicorn consists in non-existing and not-being. And so we see that Greek and therefore Western philosophy ask questions on the whatness of things and on what this whatness is. As John Dillon says in his book The Question of Being, the great intellectual adventure that is Greek philosophy may be regarded on a somewhat simplistic view as structured around the three basic questions occurring historically in the following order. What is the world made of or what is there? What should we do and how can we know? These may be soon as lying behind what were later distinguished as the three main divisions of Greek philosophy physics, ethics, and logic. And since the Western philosophical tradition later on mainly studied Plato and Aristotle, or Greek philosophy, so to say, we're today still confronted with the same questions. Maybe even the question of this podcast, what is Western philosophy, reveals ultimately my indebtedness to the same Western tradition.